0: We really believe that there's no better way to bring people together and to make someone understand so immediately someone's culture and someone's uh, value of their diversity than through food.
1: Benvenuti a Ciao Bella. I'm your host, Erica Firbo. For the past 20 years, I've made my home in Rome, where I've worked as a journalist contributing to publications including Afar, Washington Post, Lonely Planet, and Travel and Leisure. I love sharing the stories of Italy's pioneering creators, and I'm bringing these stories directly to you on Ciao Bella. Every week, I'm joined by contemporary artists, heritage artisans, designers, culinary experts, innovative esthetes, and more. At the crossroads of evolution and tradition, the past and the future, They are working and creating to define and redefine 21st century Italy. Join me as we see Italy through their eyes. In the last episode of Ciao Bella, I sat down with Jessica Roswell, head chef of Massimo Bottura's Casa Maria Luigia and the new restaurant Al Gatto Verde. Somewhere in the conversation, Jess also casually mentioned the Association for the Integration of Women and Roots, a community project which she co-founded with Caroline Capogrossi. I thought it would be great to get to the root of the story by talking with Caroline. Join me and Caroline to hear about the nonprofit's journey and what she set her sights on for the future. I'm really excited to meet you. Jess has told me so much about you. I had such a great time at Roots. It was like... You know, it was funny because I was with a bunch of different people, and I think we all had this very like lovely, emotionally fulfilled experience, <laughs> which oh, is that's you amazing. know, which is really great to have, especially when you know we were all we're all food people, so you know, you're really thinking food, and it was just really emotionally filling, so it was great. Oh, and that's beautiful. I'm so glad to hear. We were so happy to have you guys. We we really had a great time. Jess has sort of given me; she's given me her story. <laughs> And it was Mm -hmm. funny because I was, you know, I'd seen her in September and she told me this and I was like, wait, you never told me this before. This is such a great, amazing project. And then she's like, and I'm doing it with my best friend. And I'm like, and I'm really jealous. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, it's been fun. It's definitely been an adventure and we started in 2020. So that was crazy too. So we've kind of like, so yeah, it is a good story. I'm happy to share it. Um, How do you want to how do we start? Well,
1: well, I was gonna say, why don't we start first by by telling me a little bit about, um, you know, I know your last name is Capogrossi. I know you're Italian American. um, And I'm Italian American, too. And I'd love to know a little bit what brought you to Modena. And then we can talk a little bit more about um, about roots.
0: Sure. Yeah. So, um, so my great grandparents, um, were Italian immigrants. They came in the early 1900s, really from all over Italy, but I usually say Calabria because most of them came from Calabria, but I have roots a little bit all over the South of Italy. Um, and I'm referring to my mom's side of the family, um, who we have like a little bit closer genealogy that we've been able to track with them. Um, so they were actually called Del Monte and, uh, they moved to New York. Um, they ended up, uh, getting established in Buffalo, New York. I never lived there. They didn't teach Italian even to their children. These are my great grandparents because, you know, there was a lot of prejudice at the time. They wanted just this full integration melting pot into American society. And they did. And, uh, they had 12 kids. My grandma was the youngest of 12. So, um, some of, yeah, yeah. Some of them went off to open Italian-American restaurants. Others did other things in their life. They kind of spread out through the U.S., like the uh, typical American story. And my grandma was also the first in her family to go to university. So I think um, for me, like she, for me, really represents like uh, the generation that like integrated and had a, a success in their life. And, you know, what was your um, grandma's name? All of- My grandma's name is Rita. She's still alive. She just turned 90 um, this year. So she's doing really well. And now she lives in North Carolina, um, which is where I kind of grew up in the Southeast. Um, So I was always super proud. I mean, I always identified as being Italian, even though I didn't realize until I moved to Italy that I actually was not, you know, that I didn't have a real concept of what that meant because I saw my identity as very Italian growing up um and it's now seeing it it was this very like third generation back italian american family that was so beautiful to grow up in that i'm sure you can relate to
1: did did you you ever see the um did you ever see the sopranos yeah there's like one of my one of my favorite episodes is when they go to naples and so they're like sitting at a cafe in napoli and they're because i i grew up in philadelphia so my experience is a little bit different but um I knew a lot of Napoletani, Napolitani Americani. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and I just love that scene where they're like, you know, it, you know, they're, they're basically, you know, they're, they're so excited to be Italian and everyone in Naples is like, what? <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. That's how it was. When I moved to Modena, I, my, my husband now still like jokes that I said to him one time in the U S apparently, I didn't even remember saying this, but I was like, you have to understand, like, I'm Italian here, you're Italian there. <laughs> like because I really did like identify that at school they would call me like the Italian, you know. So, um so yeah, so I grew up being super proud of this thing about my heritage and I think that I grew up really lucky too to be associated to a culture that was seen well and that I could be proud of and the people love Italian and love Italian foods. Because in the Southeast, I saw, you know, there were also kids in my school that were Mexican, and they didn't have that, you know, that they, they didn't want to be called Mexican. There was a lot of outward and verbal prejudice against Mexicans where I grew up. So, um, so yeah, I've always been kind of aware of that. Um, I decided to uh, master, or sorry, to get my graduate degree in Spanish and international relations. Um, And I got started in my nonprofit work, working with um, Latin American and South American women who are living in the U.S., living in the southeast um, without documents oftentimes and who had survived uh, crimes or domestic violence. And so I started working in um, small nonprofit organizations led by Latino women who worked to help these individuals. And that's really like where I found my passion and where i felt like i was doing something that you know was very related to my own roots and to my grandmother and everything that she faced you know not so long ago and uh and yeah so that's kind of like how this all started for me in the us um i met my husband in university um we got married last year so we lived in thank you um we he was doing in erasmus at my university he was getting his master's and i was getting my undergrad Um, we, yeah, we met, we lived in the U.S. for one year together. Uh, it was 2016. It was not the greatest time for me to be doing the work that I was really passionate about, you know, and it was a time when a lot of organizations that I was working with were defunded, where uh, undocumented Latinas were afraid to leave their house and to seek services because they were, had fear of deportation. It was just a, a really depressing time for me, you know, in my bubble and in my world, And so I actually told my husband, Marco, like, let's go to Italy. I had my dual citizenship through my grandparents. I wanted to uh, make a change. And I actually thought, you know, it doesn't matter what I'm going to do career wise. I'm just going to go to Italy. I'm going to live the dolce vita. I'm going to learn how to cook. You know, this was kind of this vision I had for myself. Which lasted like two months. We got to Modena. Marco uh, found a job in Modena, and I did too. I got a job teaching English at a, a Nido. So, a, um, how would I call that? Like, like a, a school a for daycare. Children, too. Yeah, yeah. And A daycare school. So, uh, yeah. So it was fun. I've always liked kids, but it wasn't. So, Ma- Marco's Ma- Marco's from Modena. No, Marco's from Friuli. Huh. So northeast. Yeah. 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 So he, uh, neither of us are from Modena. Modena was new for both of us. So we came um, when he was graduating for his graduation. We did our interviews the next day and we both fell in love with Modena. Um, so we decided that this was the right town for us. We also had had some options to go to Milan and we, we really loved Modena the size and felt like we could be part of the community here. Um, so we moved there in the summer and it was really great. And I started, my job and I just wasn't feeling, you know, it wasn't my passion, obviously. Um, but also then the the next three years, I kind of felt on my own skin, you know, being the one that was not from here, you know, Modena is international actually, but it doesn't feel always like an
1: international city. So, um, it's pretty tiny, I think. And it's, I mean, just where it's situated, it's very, you know, it's, it's, it's insular because of its like its, its geographical location.
0: Yeah. So um I loved kind of the things I loved about Modena from the outside some of them became, you know, obstacles for me too because, you know, from I didn't speak the language when I came, so I felt like I you know, I couldn't interact, I couldn't express myself, I couldn't be myself. I couldn't pick up my career where I left off because my experience wasn't necessarily recognized. My culture of work wasn't always appreciated. There were just like a lot of different obstacles. And I felt that, um, I had so much more to give, you know? So, um, I kind of like three years in the future, you know, I had, I found a job, you know, I was, I finally was kind of succeeding in this job too, but then I'm, Walking to work one day and I meet this, um, there's a young Nigerian woman who's always on the same angle like of my house on my way to work where she would ask for money. And uh, she was just like really smiley and nice and cute. And so we would pass each other every morning. She's like my age, I just could tell. And, uh, we would start to just kind of like smile at each other and then wave. And then like one day we stopped and I was like, so come to Kiami. And then she responded to me in English. I discovered that, <laughs> you know, she was from Nigeria. We're both the same age. We're 25 years old, both English tongue, both, um, arrived in Mona the same year, three years before. Since then we had had very different experiences. You know, she faced a lot more obstacles than I did. And, uh, but like, we just made a really natural connection and friendship and it made me feel a lot more. It was just funny because we were two women who were not from Modena, but just even knowing that we would see each other in that, that morning moment exchange made me feel a little bit more at home, you know? And so, um, I was working at the time around the restaurant sector, cause I was working for food for soul. So the, the organization founded right. by chef Massimo. Um, so refertorios, um, yeah, they're like, they're cultural places. They're places, uh, with different identities, depending on who the partner compilation is and in what city they're in and what, in what other social needs are in the context. But they are these really beautiful places that welcome individuals with different types of needs together to share a meal. And the meal in this case is a really high quality, beautiful meal. That's been food that would otherwise be wasted, transformed by professional chefs.
1: And the um, and the and the concept is it's not, you know, I think, um, from what I've seen and and what I've experienced is, you know, it's I think some people like to just call it like a a Michelin soup kitchen, which is like exactly the opposite of what it is because it's a community space that brings people to a beautiful table to have a really wonderful experience.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so it's in uh, and, and they do a lot. So these these spaces will also host other programming as well. So <laughs> it's really a, a home in a neighborhood that's the uh, where food brings people together. You know, I knew a lot of restaurateurs. Is, uh, is, director- is that where you met Jessica? That's where I met Jessica. Okay. Yeah, on my first day. Yeah. Uh, and and Jessica too was like another. She was like, uh, I think that for for immigrants, for women, you know, whatever. It's like this immediate allyship, you know, that Mm -hmm. Jessica also gave me that first day at work. I I wasn't speaking Italian. I didn't know anybody, you know, and Jessica just was like, hi, like just exuding this confidence, introduced herself, let me know whatever I need. So I think that that, that's another big theme that I've taken with me. uh, And is a big theme of what we do now is just being that social capital for women who who need that to be able to be themselves feel confident and then give the best of themselves like spread their roots you know um so so yeah so i knew lots of chefs and lots of restaurants that were looking for people actively from washing dishes to help in the kitchen um and ella at this point this is the woman Your friend name was ella yeah she had shared with me uh, a bit about her story, like with time, um, that was uh, super difficult. And but, short story is that you know she the what brought her to Italy is that she wanted to be she wanted to continue her education and she wanted to be the first woman in her family to work. So she's a really bright young person with a lot of motivation, a lot of ambition, and super brave. Um, so for me, like, this is just screaming, like, this person has so much potential, you know? And so I kind of made it my personal mission to help her to find a job, which I did, um, in like two days, we had multiple job offers for her. What kind Um, of jobs, what kind of jobs
1: were you looking for?
0: From dishwashing. So in restaurants, so she didn't have any experience. Yeah. So we were looking at anything in a restaurant from dishwashing to kitchen help is kind of what we agreed that she would be open to um so with her you know so i'm still working i'm doing this just in my part-time helping her um she's she starts the job there it's the moment where she gets the contract she can't read it at all like the italian legal bureaucratic contracts yeah (laughs) even for italians um so i just kind of and i honestly two years before when i received mine i didn't even really understand mine you know but having the responsibility of having to help this other individual feeling somewhat responsible for her like i connected her to this job i started to kind of empower myself in the process because i started doing research on my own about trying to figure all of this stuff out um and helping her So contract, um, you know, paycheck, cultural things, like when she would call me and she had had a bad day because her boss, blah, 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 some misunderstandings, I just tried to work through this process with her. And I just saw how difficult again and again, and kept hearing the same story, how difficult it was for a a young migrant woman to access a job and then to keep it and make that job a successful job, a long-term job. So... Um, At this point, I got together with Jessica and um, I wanted, I had this idea. My job at Food for Soul was in program development. I had this really awesome job where I basically got to help start up these projects. So I was already, like, my job was to research cool models, social models and food all over the world. I had gotten lots of inspiration from different projects that are partners of the repertorios and also not partners of the repertorios who have developed really innovative models. And, of course, I was taking inspiration from all of these this whole time. And so at this point, at this conjunction where I saw this really big, you know, opportunity from one side, women like Ella and challenge, you know, challenge to integrate successfully into the workforce, I decided that we needed to develop a a training program so that someone like Ella could get a more fulfilling job having had experience and she could have the confidence and the non-technical skills to be able to make the most of that opportunity, basically. Um, so I got together with Jess and um, knowing kind of the power of food that it has globally, but especially in Modena, you know, we're, we're talking about integration and migrants and diversity and value. And we really believe that there's no better way to bring people together and to, into. Sh- make someone understand so immediately someone's culture and someone's uh value of their diversity than through food so uh we designed a culinary training program
1: now with, what, year, this program, what, what yeah. year was this
0: so this um we started working on it and i met ellen in september of 2019 um and so this is end of 2019 into early 2020 we start working on this project and we're both doing it like on the side after work lunch break whatever we're talking about this project Uh, it was really fun yeah so um we start developing this culinary training program jessica is like a machine of ideas and experience you know so she like within 20 minutes like had already like seen the whole vision you know (laughs) it was quite funny and then um and then yeah i'm just doing like a lot of research about impact models and like uh what people are doing in the world and how we can make this really innovative and really like well thought out deep you know from the beginning um and so we have this like great concept um and so we start piloting it we're actually ready to pilot it in spring of 2020. So in the meantime, I had taken this idea. I had made like a really basic presentation and I start taking it to anyone I can think of in Modena who could be a stakeholder who could give me advice or could become a partner or could help us. So the first one, for example, is social services to learn more about the, the needs that these women are facing or some of these women are facing. Um, if this would be an interest, like a program, a workforce integration program, could they refer us women to it? Yes, yes, yes. They're so excited. And we keep hearing from Modena that like, not only is this project really needed, it's a big, big challenge. Um, not only, and then also the research confirms um, that in Italy, but not only in all of the European Union, young migrant women between the ages of 25 and 35 are the most disadvantaged group of individuals to economically integrate um, because they're experiencing um, multi intersecting challenges from being a migrant, from being a woman, Woman. from being a black woman, all of these different things. Yeah, exactly. So it's creating a very unique experience of disadvantaged uh, from this point of view. So um, we're hearing that yes, this is needed in Modena, um, and the really beautiful thing is that we found in Modena is that people weren't just like, yeah, let us know when you start, then we'll refer you someone. They were like, how can we help? So this was just, it just, you could tell that the idea we were going in the right direction. It was just flowing. People were excited about it, giving time and energy towards the project. Um, so we find a partner, Caritas Modenese who's the local Catholic church, um, nonprofit organization that does a lot of work in our city. And they have a kitchen in their community structure. And they um, agreed that we can use their kitchen for three months to start testing out our model. Um, and, But this, of, of course, we don't have any staff. None of us are hired. Like, we're all volunteering. This is very much in our free time still. Um, but then uh, we we were ready to start like in uh, the beginning of April, and literally uh, like the day before co- Italy
1: goes on. because COVID, yeah. I was gonna ask you. It was yeah. lockdown time. Yeah. So um, all restaurants were closed. Some
0: work for a while you could still continue to do, but restaurants immediately were closed. We could not go into kitchens. We couldn't work. So uh, we had to um, make all of the trainees that had been referred by social services wait for an indefinite amount of time. We did not know what was going to happen. We had to step back. How, we had how to, many
1: how many trainees did you have at that point?
0: We had four women that okay. were referred to us for a part-time version of what we do now. So it was a very like pilot version cooking okay. classes that we had designed. Um, so we had this really we found ourselves in a really moment of uncertainty of course like everybody else did too and um but we didn't want to not do anything because we felt that we were just getting started we had this momentum and you know if we just if we just stopped then there would be a risk that we wouldn't be able to start again and from the other side um news keeps coming out in Italy where like 90% of the jobs lost are lost by women in the country Migrant women who ha- oftentimes have precarious work contracts, um, not long-term or not regular work contracts, those are the first to be cut, you know, when, right. when businesses shut down. Um, and this has repercussions not only for their families, because women often mostly support their families, the families with their income, but also for families back home, you know? So it's just, it, it's a global impact as well when, when women lose employment. So... Um, I had gotten inspiration. I'd seen in the US, like the homemade mask movement had started at that point. And we decided we developed uh, the first campaign and the first program of AIW, the Association for the Integration of Women. I skipped over this part. <laughs> They're a little little moment where we also we decided to found the association between the end of uh, at the beginning of 2021 we officially established it so that we could start to raise funds and work towards our goal um so we called it the association for the integration of women and our mission statement was providing resources for women to spread roots and to flourish um and this was before we named the restaurant roots so
1: Caveats. It was it was just a little um, hint, a hint, for foreshadowing it was just of it. What- a
0: little hint with of what's to come, exactly so um yeah so it was homemade mask movement. um we had learned in our initial kind of community work talking to people talking to women etc that a lot of women were seamstresses in their home countries or had very good seamstress skills and so we decided to launch a project um, asking social services and okay we're going to put on pause the culinary program Instead, would you send us the names and phone numbers of women who were seamstresses who would be interested in being employed at home with a a sewing project? And so we got a few people, our first few names, and Jessica and I show up to Awatef's house. She's a woman from Tunisia who was working as a seamstress um, from 16 to 30, very experienced um, in big companies. And we show up at our house with, like, rolls of fabric that a local store had donated us and like, a mask pattern that we uh, downloaded online. And we're, like, figuring out all together, okay, we're just going to make this. Jessica and I do not know how to sell. So we, like, make the first one together, and we're, like, looking at it, whatever. So we start making this really beautiful mask um, that has these colorful flowers all over, and we launch it online. And so this is a program that's launched to employ at home, during COVID, uh, migrant women who are seamstresses, um, and also to provide uh, a bit of hope and a benefit for our community. So uh, we launched that without any, without much experience. Um, we were both at home on COVID lockdown. Like, Jessica's restaurant was closed, too. So we had time to dedicate towards the project. Right. Um, and it just really took off in the community. There was, like, all of this news that came out about it. By the end of the campaign, we had raised over 20,000 euros in crowdfunding because with a donation, we would send a mask and we would use that money to employ the women. Um, So it it ended up being this really beautiful campaign that created a lot of momentum around our movement, a lot of interest from the community, a lot of connections, uh, future supporters. And then um, we were finally able to return in the kitchen and launch our culinary training program. We launched this three-month culinary training program with uh, me Um, I think at this point in around August I left my job at Food for Soul to dedicate myself full-time to the development of this project Um, we had a volunteer chefs Jessica was teaching Uh, we did this three-month program where we were kind of like I was tracking everything and figuring out how how in the next version we could be better and we could improve meanwhile um, we're cooking these lunches for people and we're seeing that, like it's we're cooking Nigerian lunches um, for some of our guests because our four women are from Nigeria. and we're we're just learning a lot about their cuisine. and we're seeing that there's a lot of interest um, for people to taste their food and that their eyes just absolutely light up when they're able to share something about their culture with the Modena community. And so this kind of this idea of just a culinary school expands to also be well why don't we also open our own restaurant as well so in the restaurant it will host the school but the restaurant will have this impact where we'll be we'll be showing firsthand the potential and the value of these women we'll give them a really concrete and practical experience working in the restaurant and we will work towards this cultural change in modena of where diversity is seen as a value and we're having these conversations about diversity around food
1: that's that's a great story let's now talk about a little bit about roots um you you mentioned that they had a kitchen i is is that the kitchen that i got to see because that space is incredible because it's not you know it's not that it was just a kitchen it's in the historic center of modena it is a beautiful building um it's got that gorgeous tree which apparently i found out you know in, there's a courtyard with this enormous is it is it a Lecco, i think um, Yeah, an oak tree. It's it's a huge Um, oak tree. Isn't it one of the four protected trees in all of Emilia Romagna or something like that? It's a UNESCO protected site. So it's this gorgeous tree, but it's this gorgeous historic centurion tree. But aside from that, you know, we're basically in a cloister. You have this gorgeous kitchen, but I, I know from what Jessica said, the space that I walked into was not exactly what you saw when you guys walked into it. Cause it was kind of this abandoned rundown spot yeah. And now it's like, you know, it's, it's gorgeous design. Um, tell me a little bit about, about that.
0: Yeah. So, um, so towards the end of 2020, uh, where are we now? So we're in 20, in 2020 at the end of 2020, um, we start, you know, we had already launched the Cuchire and Siame campaign. Um, we had already had some testing of our model and like I said, people are starting to pay attention to what AIW is doing, you know, we start to make a name for ourselves a little bit. And so we also go to the city of Modena with this idea of the restaurant and a place to expand our training programs and, uh, and we ask them, like, do you have any spaces that have the kind of fumaria,
1: you know, that are the restaurant, the, the vent thing, it's like the, 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 the outport. There's a word for that, but it's the big the vent- ventilation. Thing. It's the, the ventilation, guys. the chimney, the chimney and ventilation system that every West Brown is required by law, and every house in a smaller format.
0: <laughs> exactly. So that's like the most expensive and the hardest thing to make if it's not there. Um, and so we knew that we we needed to find a place that was either a restaurant before or that had this thing and um here we're in um right now i'm sitting in the space so we're in Complesso san paulo which uh, was a convent a long time ago where nuns that was run by nuns they also hosted an orphanage for non-italian orphan girls and they had a school for um domestic economy for girls so this is also a place that I think is um, destiny for us to be in. I know, it's always had a mission about women's empowerment and education. Um, So, but it was damaged in the earthquake. It was a place that was very lived a long time in like the 19, in the seventies and the eighties. Like you'll oftentimes hear people in Modena talk about how they used to come here to, there would like be different bands playing in the space and drinks and stuff. So it was a, a very lively like youth center um, a while, a while back, but, uh, it was damaged in the earthquake. It was closed down. Um, That's the, the, place the, the 2012 underwent. earthquake,
1: right?
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. So it, the place was closed for quite a long time and it had kind of fallen into disrepair. Um, the city, um, does this big project with the local foundation of Modena, um, to restore it to its former glory and to make it energy efficient and to make other improvements. I love Emilia Romagna to like zone it. Yeah, we're very lucky that we have funds to do these things here. Yeah, and yeah. I feel also, also I think the
1: the um, mentality to do this.
0: Yeah, so exa- I couldn't agree more. So they have this plan to kind of zone it into, there's a school, there's the library of the law school in this, it's a big space. Um, there's a bar, there's some offices, lots of different things going on. Um, but the restaurant space, very weirdly, the, the complex had not reopened yet. So it was this kind of space that then it was supposed to open during COVID, but then wasn't. And so not a lot of people had come to it or knew about it yet. And the restaurant designated area had gone for public requests for proposals a couple times and no one ever asked for it, basically. Um, who this knows is, why? This is they the didn't de- see the potential.
1: This is the definition of kismet. Right here.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you. It was. So literally, in this space is incredible. Like you said, it's big, it's
1: beautiful. Um, the high ceilings, the the light that goes into yeah. it. I mean, yeah. and then I guess I guess it already had the kind of fumaria. <laughs> and it already had the kind of
0: fumaria, it was zoned for a restaurant. So um so literally I'm like at this desk across from a city council person in Modena, and he's like, Well, we only have this one. And I was like, oh, okay. I I guess I'll take it (laughs) (laughs) if I have to. (laughs) Exactly. So um, at that time, of course, we did not have a lot of money. And so the challenge here was that it required a lot of work. Um, Like you said, when we walked into the kitchen, it didn't have a ceiling yet. There were just like the, the bricks. It didn't have electrical in the whole building. They had prepared it, but not finished it, rightfully so. So um, we got architects in here, Um, we found there's a local architect company named Polytechnica that actually is an international award-winning architecture firm that's in Modena and it's run by a woman CEO, Francesca Federzoni. I go to her with the project because I know that she's uh, she, I had listened to her Ted talk and she's a really uh, big advocate of um, women's equality in the workplace and stuff. And she was just immediately like, yeah, of course we'll do it. We'll do it for free. <laughs> so. Wow. I took on our project. They followed me every single step of the way teaching me what I needed to know, having a project manager here, helping us make every decision from build to design, working with the builders, um, so it was It was just this amazing support. Um, we are able to also garner other supporters. Electrolux Professional gave us a very significant discount on our kitchen that you saw. So we yeah. bought a state-of-the-art brand-new kitchen because we wanted this place to be the absolute best learning environment for our Chinese. Um, and we couldn't have done that without the support of Electrolux Professional. Um, and and then in early 2021 we also uh end up winning an award for the United from the united nations major group for children and youth because um i kind of see this call to apply on instagram for like innovative migration projects that young people are doing around the world at this time i'm 26 and so i apply Um, We get selected as finalists. We present our project at the Global Forum for Migration and Development, which is held online in 2021 um, in January. And it's one of the biggest international forums for um, governmental and intergovernmental talks about migration in the world. We present our project as kind of this segment about youth engagement. And we're selected as one of the three winners um, and winner in our category, Skilling Migrants for Employment.
1: You won this grant from the United Nations.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. So it was a youth award. We won some money, um, but more importantly, um, a really important recognition in that kind of jet-setted us off into being able to uh, win other grants at the local level so then we we started to be able to get um more serious sponsorships money and we raised 150 thousand euros in our first year
1: with a team of two you know of nobody when so just so you're fundraising you're going out there but at the same time you guys are also an active program uh, I know that you had trainees coming in and they were coming were they was was it what I saw where they are coming in for a four-month period? So yeah,
0: so actually um after finishing the pilot program, we did have to stop the program for months while we focused on the build here because we had okay. to be on site all the time and we're in this space that didn't have anything. Um our trainees, so in 20 all of 2021 basically we're working on fundraising. Partnership development and building out this space into what it is today. And then in February 2022, the first trainees start with us. They come before our gas is turned on in our kitchen. So we're like, you know, makeshift doing other things for a week while we're trying to get every, the last things prepared. There's like last minute delays, whatever we get it done. And we open the restaurant in April of 2022 with our first uh, three trainees who are three women from Tunisia. Cameroon in Guinea. And, um, the woman from Guinea, her name's Fanta and she's actually our sous chef now. So she's staying. I met Fanta.
1: Yeah. She's so, great. I, so, so what, you know, when I, when I, when I came to visit, um, on a, on a design level, the impact of the restaurant I was like, this is a like an incredible space. Like I was like, you know i don't know how, how i can't remember how many tables there were but you know the high ceilings the exposed floor that you see the viaduct underneath or the aqua or the canal that's like the historic canal and then the design and i believe somebody told me and, the, and you know and there are the two spaces so there's kind of like that kitchen cafe space and i don't remember who was telling me but um i thought someone mentioned to me and i wanted to ask you uh, that some of the elements that are there some of the uh, like the cushions and stuff were actually made by some of the women from the first iteration yeah. of what you guys are doing
0: so um our first seamstress in the in the sewing project that we called cucire insieme, which means sewing together um she made our couch cushion covers um, on like our banquette seating um we painted the furniture together with the group as a team building exercise so a lot yeah it was definitely an all hands on deck lots of people involved in Reducing the budget as much as possible because we just didn't have, you know, we didn't have that much when we got started. So we had to be really creative. Everyone lend a hand. Uh, it was a really exciting time.
1: Tell us a little bit about um, what Roots is now.
0: It's really the people that make uh, the restaurant. So uh, we started as a team of one, you know, not that long ago. And now we're a team of 12 women from 10 countries that work between the restaurant and in program development. Um, We have um, the menu that we're serving is developed with Jessica and our current trainees of the class who work together on creating a menu that makes sense, food wise, that goes, that has a nice flow to it but that really represents the narrative that they want to communicate um, to the city of Modena. So we're talking about dishes that um, are nostalgic for them, that come from their culture, that represent the best of their countries. Like, for example, we had from Ivory Coast um, uh, achake, which is the national dish. Um, We've had jollof rice many times um, that's represented by different West African countries in slightly different variations. Can you tell everybody uh, what Love Mama is? Yeah, Love Mom. So um, we do have uh, basically it's a it's a hard boiled egg that has this really delicious like fried coating on around it. We call it Love Mom because um, in Lagos, Nigeria, there's a tradition of um, individuals that take this dish on a journey um, because it has it's more than bread. It has also this protein inside. It's kind of like this meal on the go. And so for us, we, we like to imagine this dish from like a a woman and a mother point of view that really we feel describes the individuals that work at Roots, which is, uh, you can imagine this dish that's prepared by a mom before their kid leaves the house in the morning. And it's, it's like your, your little brown bag lunch, you
1: know, where you have, it it makes me tear up just hearing you talk about it because I love it so much. I love, (laughs) I love the bite of it, but I loved the concept, the story behind it.
0: We have, um, yeah, we just have we have so many passionate women working in this space who
1: want. Oh, sorry. Ah, yes. Erica. The, the max. Erica. The max. Can I, can I lose you. No, I'm still here unless you can't oh, hear okay. me. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll
0: just re- Yeah. So we have we have so many women working in this space who um who feel so passionately. And who are so generous with their stories and their experiences, and I think that what uh, is what has been created is just uh, super beautiful, really special, but also a perfect example of uh, what human beings are capable of if given the right conditions to thrive
1: in, which is what we're all about. I, I like I said, it was it. You, you feel such a. It's it's it was really nice being at the table. You feel really a lot of love and a lot of fulfillment on, and, and it just kind of makes sense. And like you were saying, also the flow, of the dishes was amazing um, because you don't feel like, you know, the stories are being told, you know? So just when I was there the other night, it was four different, four different women. So kind of representing, I think it was Morocco. Um two african and indonesia exactly and the the flow was really nice because i didn't feel it that there was like stop this is indonesia stop this is this there was this just beautiful flow with the food um and it just it just felt really good and the food was obviously it was it was wonderful um i wanted to ask you i i know there um like Evie was mentioning to me that the women are there. They're they're training. They're they're working in every aspect. There's the kitchen aspect, but is there also the sala aspect? So
0: yeah. So um, we have outside of the kitchen, we do have classes um, that are focused on reading paychecks, doing um, work interviews, job seeking, public speaking um team building so we also do some service in catering that's built into the culinary program that program is really designed for people who want to become chefs but in 2024 we're going to be launching our front of house training program as well so for people who want to be
1: trained as uh, waitresses that's that's amazing that's that's really really awesome um what happens after so they're there for four months and now first, actually, I wanted to ask you, how are they selected? Or how do, how do you find these? How do you find people? Or is it, you know, I, I, do you have lines out the door?
0: Yeah. So at the beginning, um, we, th- at the beginning, everyone was referred through social services. That quickly transitioned as there was this big word of mouth being passed around the community about Roots as this opportunity for migrant women to train and get access to jobs now. More than half of our trainees are referred by other trainees or hear about it from someone and just come to our door. So um, when we're working here in the office on any given day, there might be like a woman in a suit that comes by, knocks on the door with her CV in hand, that just says like, "I hear you hire people like me," you know, which is just okay. Yeah, we do. You're in the right place. Um, so they train with us for four months. It's this really. Um, it's a, an intensive culinary training program, but it's a lot about building your self-confidence, being proud of your heritage and your culture, g- creating this great team dynamic, creating this social capital, which is so important as well. Um, and then we work actively in our community to um, speak with local restaurants, seek jobs online. We always kind of know who's hiring in Modena, but we make it our job to do that. We will make recommendations, We will uh, pass all job opportunities to our graduates. Um, It's totally up to them to decide when, who, where they wanna apply and to ask us for further support We usually have people who are often coming back, asking for help, um, continuing to work on their CV, to keep it updated, uh, to have a practice job interview before they go, if they're going the next day, These kind of thing. We have some people that don't, they just do it on their own. Um, But so far about 70% of our graduates are currently still employed after the program. So we're we're super excited. And we have other graduates too who are working, we have two graduates right now who are working on opening their own food business.
1: I just feel so good talking to you. I really do. <laughs> um, that's amazing. That is really, uh, really, really amazing.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I feel super lucky. So um, it's a great project to share.
1: It's a it's a really wonderful project to share, and I would love to get. Um, I'd love to for you to tell people a little, just a little bit more about the, um, just, you know, that that the basic questions is when is it open, is it open for lunch, is it just a dinner sure. thing? Yeah,
0: so um, so we have the two entities now. We still have the Association for the Integration of Women, um, which is kind of like our umbrella organization, um, working on different projects and uh, approaching this cultural change and access to opportunities from different directions. And then we have Roots Restaurant and the co-working space. So... Um, we open the restaurant only for dinner from Tuesday to Saturday, but in the daytime, a lot goes on in the space. Um, in one of our two rooms, we keep it, uh, it's a large room, and so we have about 15 seats in a co-working style um, environment where we have young professionals and Libere um, professionisi, like, uh, how would I say that? Like, freelance workers. Uh, independent freelance workers, exactly. Or independen- independently and- employed. Exactly. That come and work in our space. Um, and that goes 100% donation to the nonprofit. Um, we have in the other room, oftentimes simultaneously classes going on, uh, one-on-one volunteer, Italian classes, just a lot of different stuff. Um, and then in the evenings, we have this this restaurant open, which is a fixed menu, um, shared style menu. Um, we have about 45 seats uh, in evening, give or take, um, yeah, between Tuesday and Saturday. And you can book online through The Fork. Um, and we, both, we have websites and Instagrams for both of those organizations too.
1: What if um, people want to get involved? They can't get to Modena, but they want to get involved. How can they, how can they support Roots? How can they support the organization? so um the biggest support
0: for us is if someone feels it in their heart to make a donation um at weareaiw.org um we have no employees as, as, of the association so 100 percent of the money is going towards us being able to grow our training programs, um, host more classes, do more community events, um, and work towards this cultural change. Um, and like I mentioned, we have two big goals for 2024. We are, we're going to be launching the front of house training program, so hopefully doubling the, the amount of women who can benefit from the program. And we're going to be launching business incubation programs, so supporting our graduates with entrepreneurial uh, aspirations to develop their small businesses um through business planning marketing training um et cetera, so, but also giving them money loans as well
1: oh wow so so people can donate they can they can donate to all of that and then also um i'm i'm curious about the 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 business aspect are you going to be working with um different entrepreneurs business schools how, how what's yeah how so,
0: the, it's still very new in development, um, so I would love your help developing it out, Erica. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the concept is that we would create um, a format where we can test, where they can have space and time to test their concept in a very protected environment we would definitely have collaborations with banks um, and with schools to
1: to help. I'm, I'm really also thinking training. on the, the development side, I wonder if, uh, you know, you could have lovely collaboration with, you know, business business owners or, you know, it, people within the business world that might want to give their time and and say, listen, I can do, in a, you know, a half hour, an hour Zoom class talking, you know, like go either a one-on-one thing, like looking at business plans. Every time we visit Modena which we, we're just like, it's, everybody is so nice. And they're so earnest and on top of that, they, they get things done, you know, and it's, yeah. it's, it's really, really like, I think when you were talking about what, in the very beginning, when you said, you know, you had some opportunities in Milan and you guys fell in love with Morena, I was like, I, I can totally see that it's, a, it's a smaller town. It's beautiful. And I just feel like there's, there's a really neat vibe there of like, it's to me, it's, it's whenever I'm there and I mainly go just to eat, but, um, even that, like there's this nice, really encouraging vibe in Modena. Oh, I shouldn't probably shouldn't tell anybody that. Keep that like a secret.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And we're like, that's also why we want, you know, our trainees and our graduates to get the most out of living in this community. And they've already had a lot, you know, we oftentimes, like if you ask our graduates how they feel about Modena, we only hear good things. Um, so we're all lucky to be here, and we're happy to contribute to the city
1: that's given us so much. Well, I'm going to speak for everybody that's listening. We are going to all be happy to contribute to you guys, Caroline. I'm so I'm so excited. I'm I'm really happy that we finally got this chance to speak. I really, like I said, I was totally. I, charmed and blown away by roots. And just from the beginning when I first heard about the project and sitting down at the table and having such a great meal in every sense of of what great a great meal is because you do feel like it's there was this lovely community. Also it was really kind of cool because I I started to notice, well, at first there were a lot of women that came in and then I started seeing different kinds of people from different, all different kinds of modern as in life. And it was, it was really nice. It's true.
0: Yeah. Oh, Erica, it was such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for giving me the space to share our story today. And I hope to see you uh-huh. soon.
1: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Chow Bella. The editor of Chow Bella is Mastro. Production manager is Jenna Spray. If you're new to Ciao Bella, take a peek at ciaobella.co, our all-encompassing, Italy-focused website, where you'll find insider insight on contemporary Italy, and sign up for our newsletter for new episodes and articles. Follow me on Instagram at ericafirpo, and follow Ciao Bella on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Leave us a rating or comment. Ciao, ciao!